you found the Out of the Ordinary podcast. Welcome, I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And I'm Christy Purifoy. And this is the place where we believe that the very best stories grow out of the soil of ordinary life. As usual, we are recording here at Christie's 100-year-old farmhouse called Maplehurst, where we enjoy the fine smell of mushroom farms in the distance and an opportunity (laughs) to catch up in person. A few of my very favorite things are a pool of sunshine on a warm wooden floor, ice cream sundaes, and carpool karaoke. Lisa Joe, I love flowers I grew myself, reading a book with a kid on my lap and picnics under a spreading tree. We also really love you guys. We love this community and we love the chance every Wednesday to pop into your earbuds and spend the day with you. Whether you're driving kids to school, washing the dishes, catching up on somebody else's homework, finishing that work project or working in your yard, why don't you take a moment right now, pause, scroll down, and click the subscribe button. We want to make sure you don't miss a single conversation with us. Now it's time. Get comfy. Here we go. Okay, everybody. Happy, Happy Mother's, Mother's Day. Day. We hope it moms. was Yeah, we hope it was a great weekend and we know maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. <laughs> maybe it wasn't. It's true. We've, we've lived enough Mother's Days ourselves these <laughs> days to know that that can be a day that is kind of like it's standing on its tippy toes with expectation and it's easy to be disappointed on that day. So Christy and I here the week after Mother's Day want to still pause to take a moment to celebrate all of you and we have we want to read over you a blessing a love letter to all the tired moms everywhere. This is something that I wrote a few years back, and we wanted to just pause here at the very beginning to let you know that even though the official Mother's Day might have paused on the calendar, we think every day is worth recognizing all of those incredibly ordinary, completely extraordinary moments Mm -hmm. of motherhood. Usually they happen in the dark where nobody pays attention. There's no orchestra or score. It's not a beautiful video montage of your highlights. But my goodness, those ordinary moments are what build up the courage of a lifetime of motherhood, and we wanted to take a moment to celebrate you. So here's the thing, you guys. We love you. We do. We love how you don't even have to open your eyes to roll over in bed and open the blanket to that kid who has the bad dreams. I love how you worry about kindergarten homework and teach yourself calculus all over again to keep up with your teen. I love how you swing babies up onto hips and prop them on checkout counters or grocery carts or changing tables in desperately too small bathroom stalls. I love how you balance your bags and that car seat carrier, the extra bottle, someone's baseball helmet, the picnic blanket, and still remember to pack the one lovey no one can live without. I love how you see magic in passing fire trucks and roll down the windows so everyone can wave at the train crossing. I love how planning a first visit from the Tooth Fairy keeps you up at night and involves scraping glitter off of old Christmas ornaments. Or how, by tooth number 45, you still manage to finagle some mystery into the quarter that showed up even if it was two days late. I love how you can keep up a conversation with a friend while simultaneously entertaining two toddlers, how you can pour pretend tea party tea into tiny porcelain cups while pouring out your heart and plans for next year in that farmhouse you just moved into. I love that you don't even notice that Winnie the Pooh is singing in the background because you're so focused on listening to another mama. I love how you wear your Mother's Day macaroni necklaces with the sparkly earrings your husband gave you on your 15th anniversary. 
I love how your cubicle at work is decorated with frames made from popsicle sticks and faces grinning out at you alongside the five goals your team has committed to this quarter. I love how your car plays equal selections of the Wiggles and the Beatles, and you all know all the words to both. I love how you know who likes the Red Bull and who likes the Blue Bull, and I love that you care about that difference. I love how even when you're so tired that you've forgotten your bangs are clipped backwards with a Dora bobby pin, you still pause in the doorway to watch them sleep. I love that you can tell who snores and who snuffles and who will need water at almost midnight exactly every single night. I love that you know the names of all the superheroes and what each of their superpowers is. I love that you play princess dress up in your wedding dress and a tiny Tinkerbell wand. I love that you pause to kiss pint-sized princes. I love that you understand how to score an in-home wrestling match and that you aren't afraid to climb into the thick of it. I love that you're undefeated. I love that you make late night ice cream runs and early morning waffles covered in everything unhealthy under the sun. I love that you say yes, and I love even more the strength you have to say no. I love that in the back of your closet, you're still holding on to one or two teeny tiny memories that your waist has of a time before you had kids. I love that today you're wearing their high school sweatshirt instead. <laughs> I love that you laugh. I hope you know you are always still loved when you cry. I love that you keep getting up to the same routine every day and somehow manage to make it a different memory by each night. I love that you fold laundry while forgetting to change the Disney Channel. I love that you research questions like how to get Desitin off the carpet or how bats navigate or what to feed a baby bird. I love that you wake up at night wondering how you could possibly love them more. I love that you don't want them to change and that you celebrate each new milestone they arrive at anyway. I love that you've lost the ability to be embarrassed and have embraced the destiny of the unexpected. I love that you now live in a house instead of a museum, that you have a rating system for the pain of stepping on Legos and still fight the good fight to get them to put the toilet seat down. I love that you consider mac and cheese a food group. I love that you will protect these children even from yourself if you have to. I love that you are undaunted, immovable, and unafraid, even on the days you are terrified. I love that you give brave a face. I love that compassion aches out of you. I love that you wear empathy along with the lip gloss she applied. I love that you sing off-key because they love your voice and that your body is built for the all-out, full-out art of the monkey hug. I love that when you feel empty and desperate and spent, you still take one more step, even if it's just to hide in the bathroom and wait out the riot of emotions in your head. I love that you let them lick the beaters and the pot and the pan and every last crumb from the counter. I love that you remember to dance in the rain. Maybe not every day. Maybe not today, but tomorrow. Yes, definitely, definitely tomorrow. tomorrow. Oh, you guys, we love you so much and we celebrate you, whether you're a mom or a grandma or an auntie or a godmother or a big sister. 
Whatever way you love and parent tiny humans, we celebrate that motherhood in you today. And so we wanted to come here and sit alongside you and maybe you're feeling tired and worn out after Mother's Day weekend because you were the one who had to host (laughs) and (laughs) celebrate the grandmas in your life. Maybe you're feeling disappointed. Maybe you're feeling a little small and let down. Maybe you're feeling so full up on the joy of this Mother's Day. Whatever it is you're feeling, may we just sit down here next to you and say, sister, we have felt that too. We we know how that feels. And we wanted to take a moment today to share some of our stories from Mother's Day's past to encourage you as you walk out of this year's Mother's Day and into the next one. So I was thinking, Christy, about the very first Mother's Day I really remember um, was when I was pregnant for the very first time. Mm. And I think, is there ever a moment you feel more like a mother when mm. there's a human being <laughs> growing yeah. inside of you, right? And we were living in South Africa at the time. We had tried to get pregnant for a little while, not too long. Mostly I had issues with math. And so that was why it took us... <laughs> longer to find the right window. But um, I had become pregnant. Actually, I found out I was pregnant when we were still in the States. And we were on our way home from America, back home to South Africa, where we were planning to live for the next few years. And it was a sort of peace offering I was bringing home to my family. I've lived overseas (laughs) for a decade. I will have my firstborn here in the motherland. (laughs) So I arrived home pregnant, and it was just, you know, as all of us know with that first pregnancy, the excitement of knowing there's a baby growing in you, and but also the uncertainty and the nervousness and the wondering, what will this baby like be like? What kind of mother will I be? And, um, you know, I'd had so many Mother's Days as the daughter who was the motherless daughter. And so if that's you this past Mother's Day, if your mom has passed away or you've lost a child and Mother's Day just pricks, it stings, um, I just want you to know we really resonate with that feeling and the sorrow that Mother's Day can bring. And I think of the God, though, who had a mother and loved her Mm -hmm. and in his dying moments on the cross thought of his mom, Mm -hmm. you know, so much so to have his beloved disciple put his arm around her and say, mother, this is your son and son, this is your mother. And so for those of you who are sitting in grief here in the leftovers of Mother's Day, we just wanted to let you know too that we love you and we feel you and I had many Mother's Days that were that odd combination of feeling like I was supposed to be celebrating something but not having a mom to celebrate. Mm. And actually, Christy, for for a while, my brothers and I, in order to push back against that feeling, we would celebrate Mother's Day and give my dad all the Mother's oh, Day presents. We'd buy really? a Mother's Day car. Really? Yes. Because oh. he was our Mr. Mom, you yeah. know? He was. He was mom and dad for a long time. How sweet. <laughs> so, yes, we don't ever feel like uh, friends who are listening, if there's a man in your life who's mm. playing that role, buy him a Mother's Day card. Buy him the Mother's Day flowers. We. It's never too late just because the date in the calendar has passed. It's never too late to say those thank yous. Quick break, listeners. We'd love to shine a spotlight on friends of the show who help make these conversations possible. This week, we're so delighted to partner with the folks at Fab Fit Fun because four times a year, they deliver joy in a box. Fab Fit Fun is a seasonal subscription box with a full-size beauty, fitness, fashion, and lifestyle products. Lisa Joe, I opened the box during a visit from my mom, and within five minutes, we'd both decided to subscribe. 
You know I had the exact same reaction because I actually called you to gush after I opened my box because I was so in love with their cute little rose trinket tray that currently lives right next to my bed. Lisa Joe, would you believe that my favorite item was actually the black and white gym bag? You know, I never stepped foot in a gym, but the bag was so cute and so practical and so foldable. I had a serious internal struggle with myself whether to keep it or give it to my teenage daughter who actually does go to the gym. Each box retails for $49.99, but always has a value of over $200. My new discovery was the skin and nail care products, which I don't typically use, but I'm so in love with now that I have to hide them from my daughter. You guys, there are some really amazing brands in these boxes. And if you use our coupon code ORDINARY10 at fabfitfun.com, you can get 10 bucks off your first box. Yep, ORDINARY10 at fabfitfun.com for your own customizable box of joy. question yeah. does mother's day fall on the same day in south africa it does oh, yes. okay i think across the world it's the same oh i think it? in the uk oh in the different. uk it's a little yeah. different that's right that's yeah. right so anyway we arrived home and here it was this fulfillment right of a day that had felt empty for mm. a really long time and so i'm gonna i'm gonna just give a viewer discretion warning and say i'm gonna start with my sad mother's day stories because we all have those and i think sometimes it's encouraging to know we're not alone in our disappointed expectations um, and I want to share some of these, too, to remind you as you think about your friends who are moms, how you might share or encourage mm-hmm. or celebrate them differently with some of these stories mm-hmm, in mind. Mm-hmm. I think our ordinary stories, sometimes that's where our greatest joys lie, but also sometimes our greatest pains linger yeah. in those stories and in those memories. And so for me, to to make those stories useful, to repurpose the broken pieces of glass, um, I like to build a stained glass window out of them, right? By taking those hard memories and turning them into something beautiful that hopefully will encourage you in how you think about it how you talk to the moms in your life. So there I was, I was pregnant and I wasn't just, you know, newly pregnant. I was showing pregnant. Mm. So I was probably like seven or eight months and you could really tell that I was pregnant. And I arrived at church that morning, just full of sunshine and excitement. I thought, here it is. My first Mother's Day. Oh my goodness. Because you know at church there's going to be something they're doing for the moms, right? Something special. And I'd watched so many of those services and spent so many years not having a mom to give the flower to, to Mm -hmm. stand up with when they recognize Mm -hmm. the moms, to pray over, to give the gift to. And so I arrived at church with Pete and my dad, and I here's my little pregnant belly. And they had greeters standing outside the church handing out flowers to all the moms. And I vividly remember my joy as I walked forward with my proud little belly and I reached out for the flower. And so unfortunately, oh no, a young greeter who is not yet a mom herself and probably would do differently, I hope, in the future, as I reached for this flower, snatched it back from me and said, you're not a mom yet. And I was so shocked. I looked at her and I and I said, what? And she's like, no, no, no. Nope. Baby's not here yet. Not your turn. Got to wait till you've got the baby. Wait till next year. Oh, no. Like in this cheeky little voice. <laughs> you guys, the, the devastating disappointment. I can still feel Aww. it as my whole face fell. And then I had to sit through that whole service mm. with all these other moms and their flowers. And it just felt like this thing I'd been waiting for for so long had been taken from me again. 
I felt so angry toward that girl. I feel like uh, the version of myself I am now would have been able to speak up, would have said, what are you talking about? Yeah. I'm the most pregnant I will ever be. Do you have a human growing inside of you? You do not, you know? And I think about that in terms of moms who are maybe waiting for adoptions to go through or mm. waiting for a baby to come home or have a runaway child or I want to tell you, those voices don't get to decide mm. what kind of mother you are, whether you are a mother. They are not the parameter. They are not the measuring stick mm. for motherhood. They are not. God is. And I love that in Scripture, our God, our Father God, uses the metaphor of motherhood to refer to himself mm-hmm. over and over again. When he talks about how he, how could he possibly forget you? Do you know what image he uses? He says, how could a mother forget the baby nursing at her breast? That heart of femininity and womanhood is what God uses to refer to himself when he thinks about you. He didn't forget me in that moment when I was walking into church. He could not possibly forget his daughter who had become a mother. And I know better now. And when I look at moms, especially moms pregnant for the first time, and and I tell them, you know, congratulations, or it's Mother's Day, and I tell them, happy Mother's Day. And if they ever say, well, I guess not yet, right? I haven't had the baby. I say, <laughs> oh, no, oh, no, no. You are a mother. Your body is sustaining life, girlfriend. Mm. You are the most proud, beautiful, glorious version of motherhood right now, and I celebrate you. And so if somebody this year hasn't celebrated you at that core level of your DNA of motherhood. I want you to know, Christy and I see you, but you have a Father God who sees you Mm. and celebrates over you and recognizes that the calling of motherhood is so sacred, so powerful, so intimate that he uses it to describe himself when he thinks about us. So that first disappointing motherhood experience kind of set me off on a trajectory where I think in my own head, it became very difficult then to ever live up to what I hoped Mother's Day Mm. would be, you know? My husband isn't naturally, like, gift giving isn't one of his his first primary love languages. Right. Whereas for me, I like to plan over the top things. I think Mm. that'll be fun. And I think in our early days of motherhood, it was easy to be be disappointed on Mother's Mm. Days because I don't know if he could have ever lived up to like what it was I was hoping. Like, what is this intangible thing I kept hoping a Mother's Day celebration would give me? Hmm. And for a long time, I lived in a season of disappointment and just thinking, it's never going to be like the movies. And whatever they did for me, I felt entitled to more. Mm. And especially with young kids, which yes. is, you know, you you had that baby. And right. then for fi- the next five, six years, yes. you just have a young child who really is not capable of They're not. <laughs> showing appropriate gratitude. And especially when you your husband's been up all night, too, and you're exhausted. And Mother's Day is a Sunday, and you have to go to church, and yeah. you've got these tired babies and tired yeah. spouse. And um so here is a tip for those of you who have felt disappointed by Mother's Day. We're trying. I'm going to try and give you a few practical ways to combat that disappointment. But one of the ways is to just be really clear with your spouse or your partner, or whoever the people community are celebrating. You just just let them know how much Mother's Day means to you, and say, "Here's what I would like. Like this is what Mother's Day looks like to me." Maybe you don't want to have to host everybody at your house mm-hmm. and cook a big meal. I've always said my ideal Mother's Day would be to be in a hotel room by myself away from my children. (laughs) 
Oops, but yeah. <laughs> so actually on on years where I've been invited to speak at churches for Mother's Day, and I know the staff have often felt bad for me, I always say, oh, are you kidding me? I had room service last night and I went to, <laughs> went to the bathroom alone and I slept all night. It was wonderful. So I have found actually telling Peter, here's what I'm really hoping for for Mother's Day. This is this would be meaningful to me. You know, here's what I would love. And last year I remember saying to him, you know what I would really like? I don't really need a big gift. For me, it's more about the meaning behind what's happening. I said, I would love if you would just have each of the kids write down a list of the things they love about me or mm. love why they love having me as their mom. You know, they dashed those lists out and I held on, especially to the one my 13-year-old wrote. He wrote 10 things. Uh-huh. It's on, you know, both sides of a letter-sized piece of paper and it's in pencil and I can tell he wrote it really fast, <laughs> but he thought about it and I have it up on my fridge. I love Aww. it. I look at it all the time and it helps validate me as a mom. It reminds me that the things I do, he notices. Mm. They matter to him. He feels loved by those actions and there's simple things on his list like I love how my mom hugs me. I love how my mom is weird because <laughs> I do weird, funny things. I love watching movies with my mom. I love the food she makes for me. There's something about hearing a list of the ordinary ways we love our kids mm. that comes back to be such deep comfort because it's the routine that kills a mom, right? It's the day in and day out of sameness. It's the groundhog day that can make you just feel like you've had it. But realizing that my kids, those things actually are the things they love about me and that they're grateful for, oh, means so much to me. It means so much to me. And I actually, that year, I tell you what, having a daughter actually makes a big difference too. Oh, really? (laughs) Yes. Because when it comes to girls, I have found after two boys, girls are very excited about the elaborate planning of Mother's Day. You know, give them a party (laughs) or an occasion. (laughs) They can't wait to plan it. So I think one of my favorite parts of Mother's Day last year was just overhearing my seven-year-old, Zoe, planning with Peter about what she was going to do. I mean, the plans were so elaborate. There's no way it could possibly happen. Like, we're going to fill the house with balloons, and then we'll have confetti, and then, Dad, you'll put roses all over the ground, and we'll make Mom (laughs) pancakes, but we'll also make her, like, all these foods she was going to make me, and all these gifts she was going to buy me. And what's so great about Peter is he just said, oh, yes, we should do it. Like, he just agreed with everything. But then that morning when they came through, she had made me, like, two slices of toast and a banana. (laughs) And tea that was partially cold. Of course. (laughs) And was so excited to present it to me. And so I think a shift in expectations, both in terms of letting the people who love us know Mm -hmm. how how we would like to be loved on that day has helped me a lot, Um, as well as lowering my expectations. But you know what the real game changer for me was, Christy, when it came to Mother's Day? And it really was a defining moment in my trajectory for how I think about Mother's Day. Several years back when we were at church, I had a friend who had been recently divorced. I had another friend whose husband was out of town. I have another friend who's never married and she's Mm -hmm. older. She's like a grandma in our church. Um, I had a couple other single friends. And I started to see Mother's Day through their eyes and started Mm -hmm. to think about it as Mother's Day was approaching. And I felt my encroaching sense of disappointed entitlement, climb up onto my shoulders. I started looking at my friends and one of them in particular, I had been driving back and forth to court for her court dates to do with this very um, painful 
separation she was going through from a husband who, you know, this is what's so difficult. She loved him very much, but he was just so unhealthy still. Mm. And so I had been involved in driving and sitting in court and being a character witness for her. And I suddenly realized, my goodness, you know, all these things I think I'm entitled to. I think I've forgotten that motherhood itself is the gift. <laughs> like, mm. I get to be a mom of these children. Mm -hmm. I get to be the one who bears witness to their stories. And I get to do it with Peter. He's my partner in this. What if this Mother's Day, I took my eyes off myself. What a shocking idea. <laughs> um, and what a relief. Mm. And I chose to focus on these other women in my life. And so that year, I invited over for Mother's Day all of the women I could think of in our community who were either single or widowed, their husbands were traveling. Oh, what a good idea. They were spinsters. They were in the middle of divorce. Yeah. And I just hosted a huge Mother's Day feast at oh, our I house. I love that. Yes. It was one of the most meaningful Mother's Days I've ever had. And of course, they brought stuff too, and we laughed, and we ate. It was a huge feast. We had kids. Mm. and Oh, the beautiful irony so that you, you took your eyes off yourself yes. and had the best Mother's Day ever. The best ever. <laughs> And I try to encourage other women, and I try to remind myself each year, Lisa Joe, the years you've been the most disappointed mm -hmm. have been when you focused on yourself and what you feel like you deserve mm -hmm. as I stamp my foot. But the years where I've taken my eyes off of myself and I focused mm. on other women and celebrating them or serving at another church in their community or just thinking about my kids and all the things I love them. Some years on Mother's Days, I have written to my children to tell them I love being oh. your mom because and shared all the reasons okay, I love I'm, to be I'm their mom. Okay, I'm taking notes. <laughs> I'm so taking notes here. I love that. Uh, and I think all of this was just born out of that deep seed of hurt in the very beginning where mm. I felt like there's an enemy who tried to steal something from me. And mm. one of my favorite passages I had a pastor and actually a woman teach on at our church recently is this obscure story about David. It's in the book of Samuel, and I can put the link in the show notes. But it talks about how he's off with his mighty men. I love how they always describe David and his mighty men. And they were off you know, doing battle as they were wont to do. When they arrive back at their village, um, another army has come through, has pillaged, and has kidnapped everybody, their wives, their children, mm. their livestock, their servants. Everything has been taken. And it says that they cried so hard, these mighty men, they were lying on the ground weeping and exhausted from weeping because they are so upset that they've lost everything. And David consults with God and says, should I go? Like, should I go and pursue? And how interesting, right, that in that moment, he doesn't just think about himself and what he wants. He consults with God. He asks, mm. what should I do? I think about that with Mother's Day more these days, to ask God, how this year mm. do you want me to celebrate? And um, God says to David that he should, he should go and chase down all of these people who've been stolen from him. And he does, and he's successful. And the phrase that's used that she talked about is that David, he pursues, he overtakes, and he restores what was taken from him. Mm. And she she made this beautiful and compelling argument that we live in a spiritual world where we have an enemy who is constantly trying to kidnap from us the gifts, the goodness, the joy, the blessing God has intended for us. But we are not incapable of taking it back. We get to pursue and overtake 
and restore what Mm. was taken from us. And so if in your motherhood story, you have these moments like I do at the very beginning where this woman took from me, Mm -hmm. she kidnapped my joy. (laughs) I, though, have lived 20 years since then and am able to look back and say, no, you don't get to take that from me. That was intended for me, Mm. the gift of my motherhood, the glory of my motherhood. That is something only God gets to have any say over in my life. And so it has been really my mission these last few years to to pursue, to overtake, and then to restore unto me the joy of my motherhood that God gave me, and then to ask, how do I help other women do that? What does Mm -hmm. it look like for them? How do I encourage them? And so if you are listening today and you're sitting in a place where you just feel like Something got stolen from you this Mother's Day. Sister, that is not where you have to live. Mm -hmm. I want to tell you, you have a God who will suit up next to you so that you can go deep into enemy territory and get that back. You pursue, you overtake, and God will restore the joy to you. He will, but we need to invite him into it. We need to tell him the story. We need to forgive. You know, We need to look at those things that have hurt us and say, I I release that. I forgive it. But at the same token, we need to be proactive and we need to take back the joy that was taken from us. And then we need to look around and say, all right, who else, mighty women of God, Mm. can we rescue? Can we help? Can we encourage? Can we champion? Can we celebrate? Can we lay a feast before them and say, I see you in your motherhood? And guess what? That does not just have to happen in the month of May. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All year round, we get to look at the women around us and celebrate them in their motherhood. Mm. And I think there's such power in speaking out loud what we see in them. And so to bring the story full circle, um, in our church now, I have a wonderful friend. Her name is Ruthie, and we just love her so much. She's the wife of the children's pastor in our church. She's a teacher in the public school, and my kids adore her. And she is pregnant with their first baby, and they found out it's a girl too. And they are planning the baby showers and all the wonderful things. And I was thinking in my head, what a great mom Ruthie's going to be. You know, what a great mom she's been to my ah. kids already. And what a great mom she is to the kids she teaches. And I was just thinking all those things. Right. And then I had that ping in my spirit and I thought, you should tell Ruthie these <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> you should actually give you that gift. give it to her. <laughs> and I thought, yes, here I am, you know, looking at her and remembering exactly how it felt to be that kind of pregnant, that toe into the step of motherhood, into the journey Mm. of motherhood. And I get to affirm her in the way someone didn't for me. And so it's so easy, you guys. I just picked up my phone and left her a voice message. I just said all the things I was thinking. I spoke them out loud. And it's easy to think to yourself, well, she doesn't need to know this, or she has other people who would tell Mm. her it's not that important, or who am I in her life to assume I get to speak into her? Put all those thoughts aside. And go and say the words of blessing over another mom because Ruthie messaged me back and I got to hear how much it meant to her. Mm. And in that moment, that was me restoring what had been stolen from me in that conversation with Ruthie. I got to speak blessing over another mama who's several months pregnant Mm. now and has a beautiful baby belly. And I got to tell her, oh, yes, you are a mom. You are the most mom version of yourself right now while you sustain this little life inside of you. So I love how the restoration stories that you're writing, you're doing that, but you're, you're not, um, you're not, 
how do I put this? You're not maybe returning to, the, let me, okay. The Your dream of Mother's Day has also been transformed. Yes, so you're not true. going back and saying, I will take control of this story. I will make sure that my family pampers me from morning to night and feeds me chocolate-covered strawberries. <laughs> Which I wouldn't mind. <laughs> you know, or whatever the fantasy had once been. You are not saying, okay, I will claim that and I will make sure that right. happens. But you are restoring. And then what emerges from that is something that it seems is so unexpected. It's not right. the Mother's Day you dreamed of. No. These stories you're telling, it's right. not how you imagined it uh -uh. way back then. And yet it's so beautiful. Right. And that to me is what restoration looks like, is that you end up with something utterly new. Right. And yet it has grown out of this this old thing, this hurt, this, mm -hmm. you know, black soil. And then what grows is so surprising. And I think that is why all through scripture, anytime God blesses an individual or a nation, in the case of Abram, Abraham, Sarah, he blesses them in order that they might be a blessing. Mm. It's never a blessing just for you. Mm. God is a God, as we've talked about in previous episodes, who multiplies, mm. right? He breaks to multiply. And so when I think about Mother's Day, I think it's important to hold on to this beautiful challenge from the Lord to receive the blessing of Mother's Day. Yes, may you be blessed. May your children rise up and call you blessed, as it says in Scripture, but then to look around and ask, how do I become a blessing to the mothers around me? What does that look like? And friends, it will change how you view Mother's Day next year, and it will set you free from what I think sometimes is the prison of our own expectations, mm. built up by Hallmark and the greeting card companies and the movies we see and the songs. There's just a million ways for us to shape our expectations and not realize they've become a prison for us. But man, focusing on how do I then become a blessing to mm -hmm. others, I am constantly surprised how fulfilling those Mother's Days have been above and beyond mm -hmm. whatever hope for expected as a new mom. I feel like I can testify to what you're saying, um, not actually in Mother's Day stories, but in um, stories of my own birthday, <laughs> which I think I maybe approached the way you have approached uh, Mother's Day in the past with high, high expectations, you know, a sense of I, I really want to be celebrated on my birthday and my birthday comes in late June. And I can remember birthdays early in my marriage where um, one in particular where, you know, my poor young husband was off to work all day. And at that time I hadn't, we'd just moved. I hadn't found my own job yet. So I was just at home in our new little townhouse in Virginia alone all day. And I did not hear from my husband all day. Mm. <laughs> and in my mind, he was forgetting my birthday. He was, right. it was, right. it was awful. It was horrible. And then of course he came home and he took me out to dinner. And at that point I was upset at him because I felt that the birthday was over. It had been wasted. He had, right. you know, and of course we realized, well, in his mind, he was waiting to come home to celebrate me on my birthday. Yeah. But in my mind, a birthday was meant to be celebrated from morning to night, yes. you know. Yes. But then I think of uh, what God has done uh, in my own life in giving me a child to celebrate on my right. birthday, because as I've shared before, my son Thaddeus was born on my birthday. And quite literally now, every year on my birthday, I, I don't have the option of focusing <laughs> only on myself, but I have the gift, the the invitation to focus on my son Thaddeus, who shares my birthday. And of course, as the child, 
um, it's, it, I know that it's more important for him. It's more important to honor him. It's more important to, to celebrate him and, and how that, that hasn't been my, my choice. And yet it's a gift that's been given to me, this, this opportunity to take my eyes off myself and to celebrate my son from morning to night. Yes. <laughs> and it hasn't always been easy. I can remember frustrating birthdays, especially where, um, you know, he for many years had terrible food allergies, which meant that he couldn't eat a normal birthday mm-hmm. cake. And birthday cake just happens to be one of my favorite <laughs> things in the universe. <laughs> I love a good old-fashioned yes. layer cake covered in frosting and made with real butter and, you know, wheat flour. And that he could not eat that. And so there was a series of years where every year I would think, okay, this year I'm going to plan ahead and we're going to have two birthday cakes. I'll make a special one for Thaddeus and I'll make one for myself. And year after year, it was just too much. I never Mm. got around to it. And so I would, you know, share with him a slice of his, (laughs) let's just face it, rather sad, (laughs) gluten-free, dairy-free birthday cake, uh, because it took me years before I found a recipe that really worked. And yet, what a gift, right? To, right? to be able to have him to celebrate. And so I feel like that lesson, maybe it's been forced on me, um, but I am so grateful, so grateful. It's amazing. It is interesting how in God's economy and his kingdom, he's always turning upside down Yeah, what we expect, <laughs> yeah. right? He's always turning those moments where we think it's supposed to be all about us. Mm. And he's like, wait, wait. If you make it about somebody else, it's so much better. It's even sweeter. Multiplies. (laughs) Multiplies like a layer cake. Yes. Mm. So we just think of all you women that are listening today, and we want you to know you are beloved and God sees you. And guess what? He is the one who is choosing to celebrate with you. You are what multiplies his joy. Imagine that. You, you multiply the joy of the king of the universe. And Let that be what you hold on to this year, no matter what your Mother's Day was like. Just know that you are the delight, the love, the apple of His eye of the King of the Universe who named you Mother. 